0: reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company,
1: Golden, Colorado.
2: Welcome, everybody, to episode 10... how you doing today
0: good John how are you man I'm, I'm well I'm, I mean I'm hanging in there uh, it's a uh, crummy loss but you know for the most part hanging in there got a got a good cool experience uh, catching a different angle in the game so that was fun but yeah tough loss
2: yeah that's, uh, that's true I'm very happy for you and those. you uh pictures that you sent were pretty awesome. It had to be a little bit surreal sitting in a press box, you know, considering, you know, where you probably were a year ago. So uh, that is awesome. How was that food?
0: Well, yeah, man, they take care of people. They do a nice job up there of assigning seats and, uh, you know, giving you a good view like I, me, myself, and um, Fred Greetham, who writes for 247 Sports. We also kind of had our own area, so we were down by – we were in the front row right near the 50-yard line, so couldn't complain. Food's free. Everything's free. It was just, uh, you know, for me, a first-timer, a really cool experience overall.
2: Yeah, I, I could not be happier for you, man. Uh, it was really, really cool just to, to see where you were at. I can't imagine being up in there. It uh, would have been a little nicer with a better game. Um, I was um, a little bit – uh, despondent, just I think more on the offensive end. But as we get into it, I'm sure we'll break it down. And, and I guess so since uh, we're here right now, let's let's go ahead and just jump right into it here. The Browns lose uh, pretty much a blowout game to the L.A. Chargers. Uh, Phillip Rivers had a day. Um, the defense had a tough one. Uh, let's hop into our defense versus their offense, Jake.
0: So yeah, the Browns' defense was led by Demarius Randall had eight tackles. Looks like Jamie Collins had six tackles, a tackle for loss, then a plethora of other guys on the low end of the totem pole, but not not good. This was a defense that I was, you know, obviously they had they had put up the second best DVOA score based on Football Outsiders' accumulation of defense, one of the better pass defense. Uh, Sorry, defenses in the league, but eventually, you know, being sort of one-sided is going to hurt your team. And today, the Browns, I thought, I just thought they were schemed by um, San Diego, or sorry, San Diego by by it had been a long day. the 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 La Chargers sort of out schemed them. They ran a lot of what we call fly sweeps. So fly sweeps are that under center. Quick turn handoff. Saw a lot of the fly sweep stuff from Wisconsin a few years back. Really hasn't been a huge NFL staple, but I was watching New England tonight, and they are running some fly sweep stuff with uh, Cordero Patterson, who's a real burner. But they ran it with Keenan Allen four times for 41 yards. They ran it with uh, Williams, Mike Williams, one time for 10 yards. So they ran for 50 cheap yards on fly sweeps. They ran a reverse off of the fly sweep ones, so – yeah, they killed Cleveland with that, and they killed him in big moments with it, just sealing the edge. Really what they did was they caught the Browns in man coverage, and when that happens and your defensive end isn't quick upfield, he's sort of hesitant, you easily have that corner. And then when you have that corner, you really have the the outside line. If you if you run it to the one-receiver side, you have that that uh, that that outside linebacker flanked, and then it's just your, your wide receiver blocking the corner, which they did a nice job of, and you're, you've climbed to the second level. So the Browns didn't prepare for that. They look lost against it pretty much all day. I think they figured it out once toward the end, but it didn't matter. The game was far from over at that point. But, yeah, that's what they hurt them with. And I'm going to have to cut on the tape, John. Melvin Gordon hurt them. The Browns have struggled with the pin-pull concept pretty frequently this year, and it was no different on Sunday. Pin-pull, all it means is they're typically blocking a tight end, wide receiver type down what we call cracking the defensive end, and then pulling the play side tackle, looping him out and around. Sometimes it'll be a tackle blocks down on the guards, three technique, D-tackle, and they pull a guard out and around. But pin-pull just means you're pinning by outside guys, and you're pulling lineman. So the Browns really struggled against pin-pull against Oakland. I wrote about that. Uh, Marshawn Lynch popped off a couple long runs and uh, San Diego. That's the second time. I'm gonna we're gonna keep a tracker here. So that's that's two San Diegos. I'm gonna try to keep it over under four and a half. Um, it's just just a shame they lost that team. But anyway. Yeah, they, they used it with Melvin Gordon, got him out in open space. I think they ran some mid-zone stuff with Eckler and Gordon, too, that they just – they killed – it just seemed like they were really big running lanes the entire day, and it was even before Joe Schobert went out, so it was not effective of Schobert and, and Burgess leaving with the hamstring injuries, so secondary-wise, there were 11 of 20. Throwing was Rivers for 207 yards, a couple touchdowns, a pick. The dual – uh, post-concepts, I call it double, uh, double post-concept that they ran, or a double over is what some people call it, to uh, not not a well-known name, Tyrell Williams caught a couple touchdowns, I mean, a couple 40-yard balls back-to-back, and Phillip Rivers admitted to pro football talk after the game that those were the same identical plays called back back-to-back, which I even noted it in the press box that they were identically run, bang, bang, and he made a heck of a catch. On the on yeah. that second one, yeah, where he pulled that thing down against what I thought. I mean, it really wasn't a great throw by Rivers, considering who was there. I mean, it was well-placed. It was fine. Gave his guy a shot. But it wasn't, you know, a great decision to throw into what became triple coverage after the guys converged on the ball. And Tyrell Williams just made a heck of a play bringing it in. So, you know, that was the first one. Then he ran another post that got Ward. I think they almost ran a version of that Mills concept I wrote about last week on Cleveland.com where they run a... A dig route from number two, but I think he ran an out route in this case. But uh it's a variation of it. We used to call it choice back in the day. But it's a post and some sort of underneath in or out route and the safety if it's cover four or you, you know, two yeah. man, the safety bites on that inside number two's route, the inner out, and then that post over top is run uh, you know, with leverage, and Tyro Williams ran that ran that one with leverage over uh over the top of Ward and kinda of beat him inside for the touchdown. So Though, you know, the pass defense was fine overall. They didn't really give up much outside of three plays, and really the third play shouldn't have been a play because it was as plain as day to everybody in the box and in the stadium, and I would imagine, John, on TV that uh, Russell Okunga jumped offside. What did you see?
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, he was offside by two beats is is really what it came down to. It was, uh, it was pretty egregious. Uh, I'm not sure that, you know, I'm sure I've seen something along those lines before, but maybe not on as an impactful play as that one was. So, you know, so it doesn't burn itself in the memory.
0: I thought Baltimore jumped a couple times a week before, too, or their their tackle kick step before the ball was snapped.
2: I thought those were close. Yeah, you're right. Like they, Those seem close. I don't know that I've seen like this one. This one was like as if Miles Garrett would have gotten away with uh, some of the, you know,
0: jumps that he he's done. That, mm-hmm. was, that was to the level of this one. Yeah, that was ugly. And, 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 and I mean, there's no doubt that Miles in the play-side defensive tackle, I think it was Trevon Coley, jumped offside. So, or sorry, uh, just quit playing. It, it, and it kind of just was a really weird <laughs> play. And in and the, and the post-game presser, Hugh said that they – you know the officials came over him to him. Just, they said they missed it. They just missed it, <laughs> and you could tell he was irate. And he's like, I kind of gave my word back to him, but no, they just said they missed that call, which is really unfortunate because that play kind of sucked the air out of the entire stadium. Because I think that that ball either put him up twenty-one to six or. Um, 21-3, or or it was their 28. Melvin Gordon, I think, ran one in to make it 28 in the second half. But, yeah, I think that was the uh, 21-3 score, and then the Browns kicked a field goal before half. But, yeah, defensively not good. I mean, eventually I knew the run defense stuff was going to catch up with them. And if you jump out on somebody, and if you can jump out on Cleveland the way the Chargers did, you can put them away with running the football, and they ran the football for 200 and – I think 41 or 46 yards, almost 250, which is just extremely unacceptable in the NFL and that's that's why you give up 38 points because it was it was really easy. I think Melvin Gordon averaged close to 6.87 yards a carry. Eckler was almost at seven carries for 60 yards, nearly 10 yards a carry. Yeah, it was it was as bad as that run defense has been all year and they and I'm talking there were just there were gaping, gaping running lanes all day. So, you know, that's that's sort of uh that's sort of disappointing. It was really flat. Kirksey in the postgame mentioned that the energy just wasn't there, and I don't know why you wouldn't have the energy at home, a chance to win you know, a, a put yourself on a sort of winning streak for the first time since 2014. Just really inexcusable. And we'll talk about the offense, Sean, but you know, the first thing that Hugh Jackson said at the podium was that they just didn't seem.
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah. They, uh, you know, I-, I talked a little bit earlier this week about, um, you know, how looking at it last week, I I was worried about how they stretched the defense laterally, laterally excuse me, uh so well and um uh, I thought that was a good matchup for them against a Greg Williams defense that likes to get upfield. Uh you know, they run all kinds of screens out there. Um you know, they uh you know, they just have that speed with those running backs to do it as well, you know, even when they're not running those screens and it just looked like they, you know, I, I said it on Twitter. They they basically had a picnic off tackle all day. You know, and it was it was it was painful to watch. It wasn't necessarily surprising, uh, but uh, I guess just the 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 sheer success. Uh, you know, I know we had a, maybe a couple good series as the game went on, but um, it it was painful to to watch. I thought.
0: Yeah, yeah, it really was, and it it didn't get it didn't get any better as the game wore on and a and matter of fact the, the the effort in the second half became highly questionable and it just got worse so yeah i mean it it didn't it certainly didn't come as any surprise to me either and, and to me really what the problem was not that you know the chargers really were gashing them because they were and it there were it was twofold reasons that i become a little bit panicked is that some of those running lanes were ridiculously large and then secondly the effort in the second half really started to suffer. And that that to me was a big problem and is a big concern as uh, as they go forward is, is why why on earth a team that's fighting to, uh, you know, take this team to the next level in terms of respectability and consistency would, you know, be, be caving in effort in games that they still have a chance in. So that was unfortunate. Yeah,
2: no, you know, you make a good point there. And uh, I think that is a little bit disturbing because – um, I think it was the first time in in quite some time that I, I I think I saw a little quit really, so that was disturbing.
0: Yeah, yeah, there was certainly some quit, and then I noticed that after the game, some of the guys just looked uh, a little emotionally checked out, which was not good to see when they were leaving the locker room. So, um, I'll I'll leave it at that.
2: Um, yeah, Jake, uh, that was that was a little rough, uh, and. Why don't we jump right into uh, the more surprising portion of this for me, and I think the the big source of my frustration watching the game you know, beyond the defense, it's just something I expected a little bit, but this was really the the thing that stuck in my side is our offense versus their defense where I thought we could have performed better. Uh, What do you think you saw as far as uh, how the Chargers were able to really uh, stuff it down on us and, and not allow us to get much going?
0: Yeah. So I thought the Browns initially at the early parts of the game had found some success running the football, which was good to see. Uh, I think Carlos probably of his 35 yards had most of them in the first two, you know, first quarter and a half. And then sort of things started to fade after that because they, they fell behind pretty quickly. And, uh, for, for the most part, what I, what I saw up top was a total lack of separation. Uh, within wide receiver routes, scheme, ability, uh, sort of struggling there. And a lot of those sacks that Baker took, which they weren't pretty or they weren't good by any stretch, they um, were not necessarily all his fault. And, and it, you know, the people are getting restless about getting the ball out quicker. Sometimes they just aren't options. So, you know, May, Mayfield's going to have to get better at, at sort of understanding situational football. He sort of sacked themselves out of a field goal situation in the first quarter. And then as the game sort of wore on, I did. I thought he became un, uneasy in the pocket, which I knew was going to happen to him eventually as the tackle struggled. So, you know, it's it, yeah, they fell behind right quick. Up. I thought the Chargers did a great job of congesting the line of scrimmage and then doing some nice jobs passing off in zone and then doing some nice things and disguising blitzes and man-to-man coverage as well gave the Browns some trouble so they controlled it I didn't think that the Chargers were ever on their heels in terms of what they thought the Browns were doing yet they did a nice job of disguising some coverages and in certain situations given Mayfield some trouble but yeah the Browns are they're they're, they're struggling at wide receiver their opportunities being left out on the field there's no denying that I think Mayfield had only completed 22 of 46 passes or something along those lines, and. You know, that number could easily be 30 of 46 and up over 300 in a couple scores. I mean, they missed two touchdown catches early in the game. Tough, man. Really tough from a holistic standpoint offensively right now. I don't really think they have an identity. They don't have the ability or anybody that they trust down inside the 20-yard line to go make a hard catch. It's sort of a, a group that is lacking cohesion, and when you lack that cohesion – and understanding of who you are, what your identity is. You have this group that's sort of throwing out a potpourri of just weird stuff on on Sunday afternoons, and that's what you get. You get games like this where you never felt any kind of rhythm as a fan or a spectator.
2: Yeah, I thought it was a little tough watching Mayfield get to the top of his drops and not have anywhere to go with the ball. I'm very interested to see the, the All-22 later this week. So, So I can see a little bit of that uh, coverage that that you got to see today. Um, One thing that definitely stood out is how well those, those charger safeties with the late movement right before the snap, I thought they did a really good job disguising some coverages. And I do think they got some success uh, with some confusion from Mayfield. I think I saw at least one or two times where he even changed a call and then they switched it on him uh, before that snap happened. So um, you know it was uh, it was rough to watch I, I definitely think again uh, Mayfield's receivers failed him a couple times you know I think you know Rattley, I, I on that touchdown pass uh, I think that he didn't get his hands up quick enough on a ball that was right there and uh, I think that Callaway hesitated a little bit somewhere in the middle of his route on, on that play uh, you know Baker didn't have his best game. That's for sure. I mean, I think it's fair to say he had his worst game, uh, but you know, he still could have had a a good enough day uh, with some more help. And I, you know, I made this comment on Twitter where uh, I think that there was a giant contrast uh, in the receiving core between the chargers and the Browns, where you just saw those player, uh, the chargers players making the plays that we needed our guys to make. And it it just seemed like a, a, very stark contrast in uh, making those plays in, in the receivers.
0: Yeah, they did. I mean, I, I thought that there were there were just guys moving everywhere in the second and third level that, that causes quarterbacks to struggle at times, and I certainly think it had an effect on Mayfield, and he would admit that. And I think he did in his post game talking about being uh, – yeah, they started out rough the beginning of the game. They had a punt – or sorry, the kickoff return team had an illegal formation, and then – The uh, punt team gave up a big return, and then they kind of settled in. I thought overall, I mean, I think San Diego had the 31st-ranked special teams group, so the Browns were just barely out in front of them. So, Or, sorry, behind them as the 32nd-ranked worst team in the NFL and special teams side. But uh, Jabril Peppers did a nice job returning kicks and punts. Thought he had a real positive, uh, pretty terrible punting from uh, L.A. in this game. They just – The guy who punted didn't punt very well. I couldn't even tell you his name off the top of my head. It's uh, – hold on just a second. It is Donnie Jones is his name. He did not have really any kind of quality hang time, but Peppers did a nice job of uh, taking four returns back for 51 yards. He had that nice 33-yard return that almost sprung. So they they probably won the special teams battle, which is good to see. I thought Dontrell Dontrell Hilliard had one return. 31 yards on a kickoff. He did a nice job. So, yeah, I, I thought that they won the special team side of things for the most part. Greg Joseph made his uh, two field goal attempts, which was good to see, and looked comfortable doing so. The kicks weren't overly difficult or anything. And I think Brent Colquitt did a nice job of pinning uh, pinning the Chargers back deep in their, their territory a couple of times. See, the Browns were really in charge of field position early, after it went, it went 7 nothing. they were in charge of field position, and then sort of things fell apart in terms of... I think that it was 7 nothing. The Chargers had sort of lost field position a couple times, and then they threw those two long throws that changed field position again after it was 7-3, I believe. And then from there, it was all sort of downhill after those two 40-plus uh, yard throws to Tyro Williams, and it was 14-3, and then they... They sort of marched down one more time late in the second quarter to make it 21-3 after the Browns missed on that fourth and two. So that sort of changed everything. But, again, to kind of reiterate, the Browns, I thought, won special teams. But in this day, when your defense and offense struggle, you, can, you can't you can win one out of three phases and expect to win uh, on Sundays.
2: Yeah, no, I mean, I, I can't agree with more with you uh, as far as that goes. Uh, it's unfortunate. You know, I thought, um, you know, not to re but just to talk kind of uh, overall thoughts, kind of wrapping this up, you know, I, I think we're going to have to figure something out with the state of the wide receivers. You know, they I know that they, they want to run, you know, a, a ton of targets between the top three, but it's just not what we have right now. And I know Damian Ratley actually came in there and made some plays, um, you know, in a few times, but he also missed a couple. And uh, just seeing Duke's production with, uh, well, I think maybe six touches or something like that today, you know, I'm hoping that both Baker and Todd, you know, take a little bit of instruction from, you know, what what Duke Johnson can do for this team because, uh, you know, I'd rather see Baker dump it off to Duke in space with uh, you know, and we're getting him in space, which, that's, you know, that's a good that's a good guy to have in space. So let's take that dump off instead of trying these uh, very difficult throws, you know, to wide receivers who aren't being reliable as far as catching the ball you know i i just want to see a little bit more consistency get get duke in the damn game i don't know what happened to deval i don't i didn't see him for a single snap i don't know if he was out there for a snap but um you know in the state that this team is in we're gonna have to get creative and i think that that uh, is gonna be using non-wide receivers in the receiving game
0: yeah, there's no creativity in terms of personnel. I, I they're just they're just hampered, man. And sometimes injuries do get the best of situations. And in considering you know, set the valve is not really seeing any snaps. Uh, I I don't know. It's it's an offense like I said that lacks an identity. They're playing and throwing consistently to the likes of Damian Ratley. And if you would have told me at the beginning of the year, or even during draft season, that Damian Ratley would lead. Anyone in any one game of the Browns and receiving yards, I would have just kind of laughed at you and thought that that's just silly. And that's what he did. Yeah. That's what he did. Yeah. So I, it just it kind of speaks to where they're at. I think between uh, Landry and Callaway, there were 20 targets for. Uh, I just tweeted this out. Or I retweeted what somebody said because it was just very startling number. Give me just a oh, second. Did wide receiver targets per yards? Well, no, it was it was just. Yeah, so 20 yards on 19 targets today for Callaway and, and Landry. It's not good enough. So I don't know that they need to bring anybody in. I just know that the guys need to play better. And, you know, they brought in Perriman, which is – that's whatever. That's fine. They just need bodies at this point. But I don't, I don't know that trading for anybody is going to solve anything. You know, trading for Amari Cooper right now is going to solve anything, especially given what they might ask for him in return. He's certainly better than what they have here outside of what we think Jarvis Landry is but at the, at the at the current situation I'm not sure how that situation gets any better and it's probably just gonna be a frustrating year of, of drops the, the good the good side of things here is Njoku is working really solidly with Baker went from five six to seven catches now I think in this game showed nice hands yeah three yeah. Yeah. So, so it's a nice job. A couple hand catches, obviously the big pluck in the end zone there plays a part too. So yeah, just for the most part, a uh, pretty, uh, pretty solid performance by Najoku, and you're just going to have to get him and Duke more involved in different ways. So it's, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's tough to give an answer as to what's going wrong with the Browns offense because they're just, they're, they're beat up in important positions in terms of the wide receiver skill stuff. And I just don't see the creativity wrinkles sort of thing that you want to, that you want to see to overcome those things. And I don't know if we're going to see them. So it's just kind of, you just, it's going to be a struggle for the most part.
2: Yeah. If I, if I could, Jake, and, I, and I'll try not to uh, take up too much time on this, but I, I am very friggin' frustrated with this. You know, uh, what you hear, I think, out of most offensive coordinators in the NFL and, you know, even elsewhere, but they'll say, oh, yeah, you know, I, I adapt to my personnel. I, you know, I'm going to put my players in the best position to succeed, and, and I'm able to put these pieces together in ways, and I don't think a lot of people do, you know, I, and I made this – you know this comment on Twitter as well. You know I think there's precious few offensive coordinators that that truly are able to adapt what they do to the personnel they have. You know uh, Sean McVeigh comes to mind. Uh, Bill Belichick comes to mind. You know, uh, you know I made the point that uh, Kyle Shanahan is as good as he is uh, at making the sum uh, total uh, more than uh, what their parts are. I don't think he actually does you know, uh, adapt his scheme. You know, he's got his scheme and it's a very good scheme, but I don't think that you have a lot of adaptation. And I, you know, I've heard the Todd Haley say that, you know, he adapts to his personnel, but you know, the, the fact of the matter is that the Browns are in a situation where we're on like wide receiver six on, as far as uh, our third wide receiver, you know, a guy that started this season, barely making the roster is one who led the team in yards this, uh, this week. And we have guys in Duke Johnson and uh, and DeVal that, you know, if you are creative, can help and are good players. But it might not, you know, fit into your, you know, your system where you're going to get a wide receiver three, you know, eight to ten targets every game. So I just I need them to get creative. I don't know if they're going to and I'm, maybe I'm just going to be frustrated the rest of the year. But to me, you don't need to make a trade you need to better use the pieces that are on this damn roster right now and they're not doing it, you know? So, um, you know, I, I am frustrated today and uh, I'll cool down tomorrow, uh, whatever. But, uh, you know, I think that you have solutions on this team. They're just not a wide receiver and, and it's frustrating to, to watch it unfold.
0: I'm with you, man. I, I don't have any more to add to what you said. I think you're, you're summing it up. Well, they, they, I just keep saying identity because you really need an identity. And today could just be that sort of one-off where they fell behind quick and Baker kind of dings up his ankle. They're shorthanded at wide receiver a little bit, and they're playing behind the eight ball. But the tackles are an issue right now. They're not playing well. Baker did not play well by any stretch. And then, you know, you mix in what seems to be a level of predictability and play calling. Is, is certainly not helping and there just aren't many wrinkles like they did the you know the uh, the flea flicker but I just don't see many wrinkles that are really that creative stuff that you want to see so
2: right they did some jet but it didn't seem like we were getting much out of that it,
0: it's it's still it's still an ineffective thing for them they don't have anybody that they give on jet motion that they trust I, I still think there's a guy they should be doing that with. But it doesn't seem like they're going to do it. Like the fly sweep stuff would be good with Callaway, but the Jet stuff I think is better suited for Duke Johnson's skill set. So, um, yeah, it's, it's sort of a, the last two weeks have been pretty frustrating. And there's no easy plays. Nothing's coming easy to the Browns offense right now. So they got to catch the defense in the right situation. And they really don't have many go get it types right now either. And having Higgins out was obviously a factor too. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be. Fr- and I thought that this would be in the preseason, you know, even before Baker was named the starter. However, that shake, you know, shook out. I certainly don't think. I I didn't think that it was an elite offense that would just kind of you know, blow people's doors off. Thought they caught Oakland in a nice situation and they had some nice Nick Chubb runs, but. You know, it's it's it, it could be a struggle, but every week's different, man. Every week, it's it's weird how the NFL works. Some weeks teams look really good, you know. Some some weeks Minnesota loses to the Bills. You know, it, you just it's it's a, it's a fickle league, my man. So maybe they come back out next week a little bit more motivated against a Tampa Bay defense that's not any good at all and can put up some points again. That might be the remedy.
2: Yeah, and I'll and I'll say this too. Um, I think that um, you're right, like it changes week to week. And uh, you know, I watched the Chargers games prepping for this week. I know we didn't get that preview out, but I did prep for it. Um, you know, I watched the Chargers games, uh, you know, I seen every snap for the Browns, obviously. Um, and I did feel like you know, I, I think the Chargers are gelling. Uh, you know, with the injuries that they've had, especially on defense, they they gelled and gotten a little better week to week. And I really think it did, you know, uh, you know, hit a um, a peak here for them. I mean, not that they can't get better, but I think they, they truly had their best game of the year this this week. And I think that the Browns, when you include the defense, um, you know, had their worst game. So I do think that that is what converged today, and, and it was ugly. And they're
0: probably due for a clunker. I mean, they they played with everybody on their schedule, had won a couple games. Uh, obviously, they, they were they were they they were due for that sort of letdown game that has happened. It happens to every middling team in the NFL. They're not an elite team. They're far from an elite team. Nobody thinks they're an elite team. And those sorts of teams, the New Englands of the world, and you know, right now the Kansas Cities of the world. Uh, don't really have letdown games so uh the the browns and it, it it happens to those teams like new england had the letdown in detroit it happens it happens to everybody and demarius randle i thought demarius randle did a nice job of cl- sort of clarifying things on his a perspective thing when he said you know no matter how ugly this game got or however you know however bad it is it only equals one loss in the in the loss column it doesn't mean any more than that so you bury it you move on, you get you get that sort of game out of your system and go into the next week. You just don't want those sorts of losses to happen on your home field, in a game that you you, you had a chance with some momentum coming in to, to get. So that part of it sucks, but it's you know it's not to me it's not overreaction, bury the season type stuff, but it it does continue to show some of the weaknesses that the Browns have. And I and I'll say too that Sandy, God dang it, three. I got to stay four and a half. That Chargers team is is good like they're a good team i think they're going to be a playoff team and i don't know if they're a super bowl contender they might be a dark horse super bowl contender but i think that's probably pushing it too far but that's a good team and they get joey bosa back to go opposite of melvin ingram like that's a that's a good football team and they're led by a hall of fame quarterback who is just just i could watch and break down philip rivers pre-snap body movements and hand signals and all the different things he's doing because it's just it's really unique, and he's he's getting everybody in line where they need to go, and he's constantly jumping in and out of plays, and he sees it, man. He sees it all, and that's a good team. Elvin Gordon's dangerous in the backfield, two good wide receivers, uh, you know, and then Eckler is a, is a dangerous alternative weapon. So that's a good football team. I think they'll win plenty of games this year for sure. So it's not it's not bury the season type stuff, but they certainly have to patch some of these holes that are becoming leaky or they're going to find themselves in a three and six type of situation before they know it.
2: Yeah. You know, I just don't want to see uh, two weeks in a row like this. I can handle this. I can take one on the chin. Um, I want to see the Browns bounce back. And I mean that as a total team. I mean, I want to see the coaches. I want to see the players uh, on offense, on defense, special teams is what it is. Uh, But, you know, I want to see a bounce back. Uh, Just, you know, I can swallow this one. Let's just get to the next one and, uh, and and make it a new day. You know, I, I, I think that Baker is going to learn. I think this was, you know, a little bit of what uh, people call a uh, rookie game where you make some mistakes, you see some looks that you haven't seen, uh, and you don't react well to them. Uh, I thought it was really fluky uh, how he twisted his ankle there. You know, I've been watching football a long time. Uh, Jake, I'm not sure that I remember seeing a guy trip up on the uh, on that first down uh, marker like that. Have you seen that before? No.
0: Yeah, he said after the game he tripped on the tarp, so it was it was strange. It was it was weird. It bothered him for a little bit. He did not use it as a crutch in the post game stuff. So, but yeah, it bothered him, and I certainly think it takes away from his ability to move back there, which is a big part of what he does. So, you know. Um,
2: Glad that wasn't more serious than it was. I was a little worried there for a
0: minute. Yeah, no, me too. I thought he was, you know, sort of limping around, and it didn't look good. And they need him to be able to move a little bit, and that might speak to why they didn't feel comfortable moving the pocket like we talked about earlier, and some of those sorts of things. But yeah, it was. It's good to see him come out of it. I, I, I don't know. I saw in the in the tunnel post game, uh, Treader was walking with a big walking boot and a lot of ice was walking very gingerly. So I'm not sure what he'll. You know His availability, we might see Austin Corbett ahead of schedule, and then um, I know I know it sounds like Schobert's going to miss some time. Just in uh, Kirksey's interview, he made it sound like in talking to Joe that Joe felt like he was going to miss some time. He really came up tight on that drop into coverage. So they, they got a little beat up. They're a little beat up at linebacker. I'm not sure what their plan's going to be this week. I know Tanner Vallejo, the kid they claimed from Buffalo, was out with a concussion the week before, so... We're gonna have to see the injuries happen to everybody in the NFL, but those are a couple of spots that you know between wide receiver and linebacker that the Browns couldn't afford multiple guys being out. So, yeah, it'll be interesting. Tampa Bay can score, so they'll need to be uh, at least at least defensively being able to to stop tight ends because that's who Jameis Winston attacked today.
2: Yeah, that'll be interesting to break down. I, I can't wait to break it down uh, and move on to a new week. Um, you know, like I said, this is, uh, this is just something we've got to take on the chin, move on, kind of learn from what we saw. I'll be interested to see the All-22, where I, I think I'll be able to speak a little bit more intelligently about, uh, especially on offense, what was going on downfield. Uh, so maybe we'll, we'll touch on that a little bit uh, on our preview show, Jake. But uh, for now... You know, uh, it is what it is, and uh, let's try and move on to a new week, and, um, you know, uh, I'm excited for you. If this is just going to be your new thing here, getting into these press boxes, uh, I'm very excited about that. I I like the idea that I can actually, uh, you know, shoot you a text and and ask you what's going on there that, I, you know, before I get that All-22, because I can't see everything from the broadcast. So, I'm happy for you. Glad you're getting that good food, and I get the sneak peek, so... (laughs) Good stuff.
0: Yeah, man. No, it's it's good. That'll work out. I mean, it's it's obviously awesome for me. It's awesome for my situation, and and uh, it works out. But yeah, it does give a nice perspective on things. You got to get trained eye with it because there's a lot going on, and it's going on quickly. But yeah, man, cool, exciting opportunity. Good, good chance to have a better feel for these post game talks, and it'll be it'll be hopefully beneficial. Hopefully, I can get approved again for the Chiefs game. And I think three weeks now. I think they go two on the road and then a bye. Or something like that. That might be before their buy.
2: That'd be the one to get to, too. That would be sweet. Yeah, we're
0: gonna have to just keep our fingers crossed, my man.
2: Hey, man, I'm rooting for you. You know I'm on your side. So um, let's wrap this up for the day. You know where you can find me I'm at Jay Cosmo on uh, on Twitter. You can find me obviously here on this podcast. We also have a podcast on the DBN Network with. Uh, with Josh and Mike over there called uh, this believe land is your land so check that out that'll drop like uh Thursday mornings usually from now on Jake you're all over the place don't know where you are all right my friend uh well uh i'm sorry about uh, the technological issues that we had uh, earlier this week you know i'm out in vermont uh drinking this great craft beer on vacation for the first time all year so uh, it's a give and take here but uh we're doing our best and uh i can't wait to talk to you a little later this week as we preview the next game here buddy